It's the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Hey, welcome to episode 10, the DeAndre Hopkins edition of the podcast. More on him later and that disastrous, disastrous Houston Texans trade. It's the first milestone episode of the H-Dog Pod. Milestones are cool, right? Not really. It means nothing at all. Why isn't episode 11 more celebrated, for example? It means I went further, but will I be celebrating episode 42? No. But shouldn't I? It isn't a cute, nice little round number, so people don't only care about those types of milestones. It's so dumb. Milestones are pointless. Why do I care, for example, if a guy has played his 400th career NHL game? Doesn't matter. I don't care. Isn't 487 more impressive? I digress. We're living in uncertain times with this coronavirus that is rocking the world, and it's scary. The unknown, you know, with our lives, our jobs, what we can and cannot do. Mostly all sports have ceased operations. Those that haven't, what are you waiting for? It's it's so ridiculous. The arrogance of some of these leagues. Like, I love the PGA Tour, but they played a round in front of fans, the first round of the Players' Championship. NASCAR said they were going to race. UFC took even longer to decide to cancel events. And I believe, as of now, WrestleMania is still ongoing. Why? I just don't understand it. Why aren't all these leagues in lockstep on this to shut everything down for the safety of everyone? It just makes no sense to me. One league that obviously isn't playing games since it's March, but has controversially started their league year on time, is the NFL. There was a two-day legal tampering period. I love that's legal, by the way, as opposed to illegal, where a flurry of signings and trades were announced, and now those deals can be made official. I figured it'd be a welcome distraction to talk about all the moves with my good friend Eric Rosales, who I had on episode three. Enjoy. Joining me now is my first recurring guest, not reoccurring, Eric Rosales, who I worked with at TSN and currently work alongside for the website Sports Betting Dime. First off, Eric, uh, we have to dive deep into the granddaddy move of them all in the NFL. A QB we never well, thought. That, What's that? Before that, so uh-huh. let me just say, um, <laughs> I feel like in your short uh, H-Dog pod history, I feel like I'm the Dr. Death host or guest. <laughs> Um, I came on for Kobe Bryant, and now with sports completely shut down, uh, suddenly I've become readily available to talk to you. So glad I could come here. Let me know the next time the uh, bubonic plague is over here and uh, scurvy maybe hits, and uh, we can. Uh, I'm always open for it. So uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, <laughs> didn't even think about that. Didn't even occur to me. Uh, a couple of years ago at TSN, I had it was the summer I had uh, uh, Tony Gwynn. I had to do his uh, obituary. I had to do. Arturo Gotti, uh, Hector Macho Camacho, and the Kirby was it Kirby Puckett? Maybe it was someone else. But it was four guys within like a month or two span. I had to do their obits and or their yeah. It was a uh, oh no, sir. It wasn't Puckett. It was uh, Steve McNair for his uh, funeral, and it was oh, oh no, man. yeah. I was I was the Grim Reaper there for a while. As I was saying, we have to dive deep though into the granddaddy move of them all. A QB we oh. never thought would change places. It was a massive deal that sent shockwaves throughout the entire sporting world. The Broncos signing Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> uh, I'm glad we're on the same page. I was like, when are we going to get to this Driscoll stuff? <laughs> uh, how crazy! How crazy is it that I can't? It's hard to imagine. I mean, I was I had to uh, write a story about it yesterday. But about Jeff Driscoll? About, yes, yes, yes. About Tom Brady uh, joining. Well, first of all, the Instagram post that solidified it in the in the daytime saying that he was done with the Patriots, which was even, even though we knew it was possible to hear it or to see it like an actual writing from him, that it was over was crazy. And then later on that night to hear that it's confirmed that he's going to Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. I was like, 
I was trying to explain this to my um, to my son, who's like a big uh, big hoops fan. I'm like, imagine if I don't know Kobe Bryant played on the Lakers or LeBron was on on one team for all this time, won all the championships. With, or I guess it's Jordan. Imagine if Jordan played, and then at the tail end of his 20 year career, decided to go somewhere like Phoenix. Yeah, or, just, or yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, just like no a, rhyme or reason. Yeah, well, like Jordan kind of did that. Did that with the Washington Wizards, but yeah, they weren't as mm-hmm. sort of like a way off the beaten path like the Buccaneers. But I've been telling people for yeah. about a month or so, maybe a bit more, and actually, I bet on that. So as long as Tom Brady's actually starting, that's unfortunately the stipulation of the bet. He has to be starting Week One for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh. I will win uh, like five hundred bucks or four hundred eighty-five bucks or something like that. On Tom Brady, because yeah, uh, I just I don't know how to feel. He was one of the Bucks. Why wouldn't you want to go there? All those skill position players are so good. Wow, when did you put that bet down? That's amazing. That I would, I even even with the skill position players, it could have had Jerry Rice and Barry Sanders and <laughs> whoever else. I still wouldn't have believed you'd go to Tampa Bay. No, well, no state income tax. Bruce Arians is a great coach, obviously a QB whisperer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, decent running back, and Ronald Jones. I'm sure they maybe will draft one. I don't know. I just, yeah. I, I, it, obviously, it was a bit of a slightly off the beat. I wasn't exactly thinking for sure he's gonna gonna uh, gonna go to Tampa Bay, but I don't know. I just thought uh, it'd be a good bet to make, and uh, bang on. Well, man, congratulations on that one because that's that's incredible. I, I think that once you look into it deeper, which I had a chance to do yesterday, because let's be honest, um, only Bucks fans knew what the Bucks were doing last year, and I mean, we only knew because. We'd see, we'd want to see uh, Jameis Winston's stat line to see if he was going to hit the thirty touchdown, thirty interception plateau, wow. a, which he did. What a treat that he did what that a, in the last play, the pick six. What a gem of a season for that guy! <laughs> Beautiful, um, and and for him to, uh, to, I mean, for them to go to that team. I mean, they do. They have stud wide receivers. Um, they have OJ Howard, who is a developing tight end who could be really good, and um, and they had an offense that was like was pretty dominant they they led the league in passes of 20 plus yards i still love um you know how they have all these different offenses the run and shoot and and all that's west coast offense but the bruce arians offense the way he describes it has always been the best it's the no risk it no biscuit offense (laughs) that means they go they throw the deep ball all the time so obviously this would have been a awesome deal if brady was five years younger or even like three or three years younger um but even then, I still think it's going to be a great, a great move, and I think it's going to be. I mean, I'm pretty sold on them being major players in the NFC. What do you think? Well, I mean, uh, I love that. That, that, was, that was the other reason I was thinking. Carolina's rebuilding. Atlanta hasn't been very good for the last couple of years. Drew Brees and the Saints have obviously been very good for the last couple of years. So, you, in theory, mm-hmm. you only have one team to go through. And uh, by the way, I would love if uh, the Panthers brought back Vinny Testaverde and the, and the Packers, sorry, the, uh, not the Packers, the Falcons brought back uh, Brett Favre to where it all started. Just an all like geriatric ward of uh, quarterbacks. That'd be amazing. I, I saw that tweet of yours. I was thinking, who else can we put into that as backups in case they get hurt? Because they are going to get hurt. Chris Chandler? I was thinking War, Chris Chandler, Warren Moon should definitely be in there. <laughs> um, the veteran Steve DeBerg would be really nice there. I think he was, I think he played till he was 44, but he was, he was, oh, he was a mess at that point. So Brad Johnson, I'm, I'm just trying to think of guys who actually played for those teams as well, right? That's the stipulation. Oh for yeah, that, yeah, so. that's right. That's right. Uh, who played for Carolina? <laughs> yeah, Steve Berline. Steve Berline was a vet. Oh man. There's, I can Ooh. literally go on about backup quarterbacks or quarterbacks who started for like a little while for basically the entire podcast. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose I should uh, digress um, on that. Did Did you not think 
this is the part that got me. I just thought at some point, um, Brady, there was going to be like a, a hidden contender that was going to emerge for Brady's services. I just, it was so hard to believe that it was just like, like X amount of teams that were interested in him. You know, like most teams would should be interested in him, you know? And, um, I was surprised. I, I know you, it's hard to believe, but I thought that he was going to go to Denver just because of the track record that of Manning going there and, and kind of, uh, you know, lighting it up in his last few years. Maybe they, they were going to recreate that magic again. Maybe it was going to be like Denver was going to become last stop you for <laughs> for uh, aging quarterbacks. That would have been a great kind of send off pattern. You know, you have to just keep buying jerseys every three years. I never even thought um, of uh, Denver. That's a good one, though. Yeah, that would have been good. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't think they had the pieces around them and stuff. I mean, but like the other part with, with Tampa Bay is that their defense was, um, I mean, obviously stats aren't everything because they got killed, but they were top five DVOA, <clears throat> which is pretty interesting. Shaquille Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul make a pretty good uh, pseudo DeMarcus Ware-Von Miller combo. Uh, you know, they're just a few pieces away now from like really rounding out a roster that could compete. Yeah. I think if you can solidify your offensive line, I mean, that's the big one because you got to let him be upright and let him throw the ball. And if you have a defense that can just like, I mean, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it just hold its own, they should be all right, man. And another deal that happened that uh, definitely, literally, actually did send shockwaves through the sporting world was uh, hmm. I talked about him at the, at the start of the podcast, the number 10 edition of the pod, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Bill oh O'Brien, he is, uh, he's, you can't say he's a boring GM. Oh my God, when I saw that, I, I just blew my mind. Uh, I think we're, we should be just thankful that Bill O'Brien is a, uh, in football because if he was in charge of getting through this coronavirus we'd be done <laughs> already be under oh, man. he is so bad he is so bad with what he did i cannot believe like uh deandre hopkins by any metric eyes stats um advanced stats he's a top three receiver and many would argue he's the best receiver in the nfl right now yep and to not get at least at least a first round pick out of it and i'm thinking if I was holding on to DeAndre Hopkins in fantasy, you have to give me at least three first-round draft picks before I'm thinking about letting him go. How is this not happening in the NFL? This is crazy. Yeah. They got they got David Johnson, who is, a, like at this point, he's just spare parts. The Cardinals were going to release him. I, I don't think they even wanted him. They wanted Kenyon Drake. So he was going to get cut. And they pick up his huge salary and the second-round pick. Oh, my God. What a joke. I guess you can perhaps look at it this way i'm just trying to play devil's advocate it's not gonna be easy but uh david johnson was what he was the number one draft pick in fantasy a couple years ago and uh, out of nowhere he was just nothing right he basically like you said he's a guy who's gonna get cut so maybe bill o'brien has seen something in deandre hopkins where he's thinking this guy is pretty much he's gonna go on the downturn because in the nfl things change super quickly uh, good or bad. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's seeing something in DeAndre Hopkins and he's thinking, let me try to get some picks out of this. But it definitely does seem really weird. I mean, the other trade, that, I mean, the, the one that coincides with this, which happened at the, uh, just a little bit after this was the Stefan Diggs uh, deal with Buffalo and, uh, and Minnesota. And Buffalo gave up four draft picks to get Diggs. And I think one of them was a first, right? A first and two seconds, I believe, and a fourth in next year. I think it was a first like, and like a fourth and a sixth, and they got a seventh back and then a second yeah it might have been two something like that it, yeah. was a, it was a bounty of picks for sure i know it was a first for sure on yeah. that yeah but like i mean that's for steph diggs who was the number two option in minnesota i mean they just got they got shelled on this one they could have 
taken Hopkins and shopped around to every team in the NFL, and they would have gotten at least, oh my God, at least 20 of them would have offered a first round pick. Mm-hmm. And if they, and they could have waited till the Cardinals cut Johnson and signed him to a, to a more manageable contract, and they'd still have their first round picks. Hopkins would be off the, off the books because I, I guess they're afraid to sign him. And they'd still, they'd still be in good shape. I, I just don't understand the, the thought process. And then to compound that, they went out and signed Randall Cobb to about oh God. What is it, three years and 27 mil. It was insane. Like he was what, shockingly what okay last year, Cobb in Dallas. But yeah, no, that's, oh my, the yeah. optics of that look even more, make, make it even worse. I mean, the, like Cobb signed in Dallas at the tail, basically, this was his last chance stop too. So he signed for one year, five mil with Dallas. Turns it into like a resurgent year, which is really good for him. It was awesome playing out of the slot and really revived his career. Now he's now now Houston is paying him like he's a number one, like a like a top option again. This is crazy. And he also traded Laramie Tunsil, um, or for Laramie Tunsil and giving up two first round picks. So there's no rhyme or reason to what he's doing. It's just like whatever assets I have, let's just get it and build a team. But I don't know. I just feel like if you're going to win now, you probably want the best players available, right? Yep. It's bizarre. So. And, and the weird, he's a really sort of a, I would say he's a boring coach, but you can't say he's a boring GM. So I did oh, hear the, the, the story today that came out. Uh, Bill O'Brien says it was just about money, but there's a, a, apparently he had a conversation with, I don't know if you heard this with, um, with uh, Hopkins when he when they were I don't know it might have been last year I'm not sure exactly but it soured their relationship. Apparently, Bill O'Brien said the last time I've had to have a conversation with like, like this like I'm going to have with you was with Aaron Hernandez, a man who eventually <laughs> ended up being a serial killer, killed uh, three people at least that we know of, and uh, is now dead. Uh, who was with the Patriots when Bill O'Brien was there in whatever 2012. It's like, so I'm, I, I wouldn't blame DeAndre Hopkins for being like, what? Are you comparing me in any way to a serial killer? What the hell, man? I saw that too. I, I just read that and I'm like, how can, how can you compare them? There's like literally no way in any world that you can compare the two. I'm, and if I was Hopkins, I'd be like, this is probably one of the most insulting things that's ever been. I mean, he, he handled it really well. He went onto Twitter and he said that there's no real rift. He has the most respect for O'Brien and stuff, but unbelievable, man. Let me ask one for you, which, yeah. one, which just blew my mind. I actually um, refreshed, refreshed the internet and I saw that Nick Foles is on Twitter, the Bears. What is going on? Man, the Bears are gonna have to if if the if that trade for they trade from three to two to get Mitchell Trubisky, which everyone ripped them for yeah. at the time. If Trubisky was mm-hmm. a great quarterback, it wouldn't have mattered. No one would have cared. They gave up uh, additional picks, and you know, if, if he was their quarterback for twenty years, obviously everyone knows they could have had Deshaun Watson and they could have had mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes. So uh, as, I guess they're basically essentially. I don't know if they're totally giving up on him or if it's gonna be a QB competition. But uh, yeah, Foles to Chicago, man, they just can't get quarterbacks right, man. It's just so weird. They want the comp- I mean, they wanted a competition, but there's other other teams you could take a flyer or other players you could take a flyer on who were younger and could actually like I don't know, you could rebuild around. You know, like Teddy Bridgewater was available, but he's not anymore. Um, Jameis Winston is still available. I don't know how much more of an upgrade that would be, but Foles is like when Foles is healthy, he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But he's never healthy. But he's, he's only he's only really been pretty good on Philadelphia for the most part in his career anyway. Like he he, um, he almost was done. Uh, Andy Reid saved him in Kansas City years ago, and then he uh, stayed in the league. But yeah, it's uh it's man, the Bears. Holy, it's, it's just a bad situation because if 
Trubisky flames out, which I think he's going to, and I think most, I mean, that's not a secret or anything. Bringing a Foles is not the answer, in my opinion. I don't think he's going to turn out very well, and he's going to struggle. And if he does struggle, then what do you do? Like, you have no, they have to, I have to believe they're going to go into the pipeline somehow and draft a quarterback because I don't think either of those two guys are their long-term decisions. So, or their long-term choices. I think they have to bring uh, Jay Cutler out of retirement. Let's go. God, I love that guy. Jay Cutler would look really good right now, with them, to be honest. I love that guy. Um, what about, how about who's, who's New England going to replace um, Brady with? I have a pick? feeling, uh, well, let's, let's go back just for a sec. First of all, because uh, Cam Newton could be involved in all this. Uh, yes. I've never been a Cam Newton guy. I think he's a, a clown. Uh, obviously very, very talented, though. I'm not going to deny that. Mm-hmm. I don't think – I think when he wears his ridiculous outfits, the, especially when the team is losing, his teammates for sure have to be ripping him behind his back. So that's an option for New England. But I had a guy mm-hmm. on Twitter yesterday tell me uh, – and this is a good debate uh, – that he said uh, – t- Carolina got Teddy Bridgewater. And I said, in what world yes. are we living in in which we think Teddy Bridgewater is better than Cam Newton? Craziness <laughs> to me. I, I think I think that that's a that's a move at Carolina when they start zero three probably are going to be like, what the hell did we just do? Come on, Bridgewater really is better than Cam Newton, and I've never liked Cam Newton. I I promise you that. I think that um the part that's crazy about this for me is that uh, Bridgewater is basically earning. He's at the same. His contract is the same amount as what Newton's would have been in the last year of his deal. So they could have taken a flyer on Newton for one more year at like 19 mil. Instead, they commit to Bridgewater. I think it's three years, 63 mil. This is roughly the same amount. And now, I mean, it's like, why wouldn't you just stick with Cam to see what he's got? Like, like you're kind of in this half rebuild now because you're hoping Bridgewater pans out. I just, I didn't understand what they were going to do with that. I feel like if they were going to break off from Cam, they would have done more of a bridge quarterback. Like I said, again, a Jameis Winston on a, on a prove it, prove it deal or something, or I don't know, Case Keenum, I guess. But it's just weird that they went to Bridgewater on that one. Look, I like Bridgewater more than other people. Um, but I don't think, I don't think at like that $20 million range, but maybe that's, that's the cap now. And that's really what the going rate is for like above average quarterback play. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Marcus Mariota signed like with a whimper. Where did he Mariota go? I uh, the Raiders, Las Vegas. Yeah, he went to Las Vegas, and like nobody even made a. I don't even know what his deal was. I can guarantee you, it wasn't guaranteed. Whatever they gave Bridgewater, but I feel like that's. I feel like Bridgewater is just above those guys, like the serviceable guys. But I don't think he's in a range of like. He just happened to be in the perfect system that allowed people to say, "Hey, it's pretty good." But he also was in like a Sean Payton system that's built for a quarterback to make good throws and find their people open. You know, so it's like. Not like uh, Drew Brees. Drew Brees is a great quarterback. <laughs> Again, I'm not trying to rip on Drew Brees, but it's not like he was ripping these things into small windows. This offense brings people open, you know. And uh, and Bridgewater was a beneficiary of that. And, and I mean, he cashed in big time. It's, it's just a dumbfounding move by Carolina. They could have hung on to him for one year in a rebuild phase. They could have moved on from him after that. If you're going to move on from him, though, you should move on from him either with a QB that you want to draft as a star. Or with a free agent that you're going to make a big splash with, like, but you don't go. I don't know. Bridgewater is just not the star that I would expect. So no, not at all. And I mentioned we work we work for a Sports Betting Dime. We give uh, betting advice on uh, which players will land where, or who do you think is going to be drafted higher. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for many different sports, I will bet you 100 trillion dollars right now. Chad Teddy Bridgewater will not complete that three year deal with the Panthers. Not a chance. <laughs> not a chance in hell. 
Probably, I would almost even go to, as far as to say he won't even play a second year in Carolina. But you know, I, I don't want to lose all my money just in case. <laughs> I think that he's. I think that I, I'm with you on that one too. I would put. I don't know what the number is, but I guarantee you, he's not finishing out that three-year contract. There's just no way. It's not happening. Um, you did mention. Go. Well, you did. You did mention uh, New England, so uh, I think Andy Dalton's a good uh, fit there, just for the year. Either they, they they drafted Jarrett Stidham last year. I'm not sure if they really love him or not. Maybe they do. Maybe they, maybe they don't. Dalton mm-hmm. can go there for one year. His contract's not crazy. Then he could leave as a compensatory draft pick, which would give which would give uh, the New England another draft pick back. I think he's a good a, a decent fit for a short term. If Bill Belichick doesn't want for like I, I could see him definitely wanting a Cam Newton or a Jameis Winston. But I, I, at the mm-hmm. same time, I can't because I, I think he would just he would just they would just piss them off so much. Those guys constantly turning turning the ball over. Like, so I think Andy Dalton. I'm not saying Andy Dalton like never throws interceptions, but I think he's a he's a good fit for New England. You? I think that. I mean, the reason why I wouldn't want to see Dalton there. I know I know his name's been thrown around and stuff. Um, I just I feel like it's just a. No matter what, you're going to be sad, but it's just a major downgrade from Brady to Dalton. Obviously, right? Mm-hmm. And and when he steps in there, it doesn't matter what he does. If they lose. It doesn't matter if he throws for 400 yards or or four touchdowns in a game. If they lose, he's going to be like the reason, and they're going to hate him uh, instantly, right? And I don't know if he's got the makeup to kind of handle that, which is why I kind of think Cam Newton's going to go to New England. Now I think be, that they can tailor, cool. yeah, because I think they can tailor a system around him. You know, um, they, they they're chameleons, right? They'll do whatever they need to do to to kind of uh, put together the team the way they need to to, to be successful. <clears throat> so they've had great passing teams. They've had great running teams. And uh, I think they can, Belichick will be able to like build a system around Newton where they can be a power running team uh, that allows Newton to kind of still still throw the ball really well and not so much, not so frequently. And I think that if he's healthy, that probably gives him the best chance to compete. And I think this is, sounds crazy because of all the stuff Buffalo's done, which I love. Um, I feel like I feel like if Camden goes to New England, I still think the Patriots are going to win the AFC East. I call me crazy, but I think that's what's going to happen. No, that, that definitely is not uh, that crazy. I just I had thought of a name right now actually, and I know a lot of yeah. Cowboy fans have uh, mixed feelings on Dak Prescott. He just got franchise tagged, I believe. So Ooh. presumably he's going to be with Dallas. What if uh, New England? Uh, I'm not sure their cap situation. Uh, to be fair, mm-hmm. what if New England inquires about Dak Prescott? I think that that's an off the board thought. Obviously, I mean, it would be a long shot, but it's a possibility. I think that I wouldn't be bad. I think that like um, accurate passing, obviously, is the key to their offense and stuff. Cap situation wise, they're they're in pretty rough shape because uh, they used up most of their money, um, kind of knowing that uh, Brady wasn't going to sign. So like they signed McCordy, re-signed McCordy, they re-signed uh, their guard uh, uh, Joe Tooney. So most of that money has been kind of used up, but. I'm sure they can make it work if they wanted to, but I mean, Dak will be a free agent again next year unless Dallas decides to franchise him again, right? So, yeah, it's uh, was, and Jameis Winston, I think, could, uh, is a perfect candidate to go to the Chargers. I think that that might be it. How tough is it though to uh, oh for Jameis Winston? He seems to him and Dalton are the guys kind of left out on the uh, in the musical chairs, right? Like all these other quarterbacks have signed and and everything and. They kind of left, left to kind of fend and find their way. Do you think that they? I guess the Chargers position is the only one that's a true starting position left. So, would you rather, if you're the Chargers, would you rather have Dalton or would you rather have James Winston? 
Oh boy, he asked the tough questions. Um, obviously, Winston gives you more upside than Dalton, but Dalton's mm-hmm. a little more steady. Uh, mm-hmm. but I, mean, I guess if you if you look, they're they're what I think they're drafting six the Chargers. If they love uh, mm-hmm. one of the quarterbacks after a Tua, because likely Tua and uh, obviously Joe Burrow are going to be off the board there. If they love mm-hmm. those, those other guys, uh, you know the Jordan loves those types of quarterbacks. Maybe you take mm-hmm. Dalton, knowing you're not going to have to pay him all, all that much, you don't, just the one year, and then you draft another guy behind him. Again, I don't think Andy mm-hmm. Dalton's a type of quarterback. Well, he didn't this year when he got benched for some guy I can't even remember in Cincinnati. Uh, I mm-hmm. can't imagine he would cause much uh, ripples there. So I think you're fine. I think Dalton to Chargers in, the, in that sense, if they're if they're going to draft a quarterback. I'm just thinking of the immediate future, like as in next season. Does Dalton give you the best chance to compete for, I don't know, I don't even know what, how good the Chargers are. Are they a playoff-bound team? Are they um, are they battling for a playoff spot, or are they like a lottery team? Because I think if they go with Winston, I think, they're, I think they're basically pulling themselves out of the playoff chase, to be totally honest. Well, speaking of the Chargers, their former QB is now in Indianapolis, and the other deal, so, so in combination, they, they signed Rivers. Just before that, they made a trade, they traded the 13th pick to San Francisco for DeForest Buckner uh, for the defensive line. What are your thoughts on the moves, uh, specifically together as a team and with Rivers individually as a quarterback? I've always loved Phil Rivers. Uh, you know, the sidearm motion and the 73 kids he has, it's pretty cool. But <laughs> I ju- is he really that big of an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett? I'm just not so sure on that one, especially because outside of T.Y. Hilton, like the, the numbers for the Colts are stark. When he uh, Hilton is playing... Their offense uh, mm-hmm. can hum along. When he doesn't play, oh my goodness, they're wretched offensively. It's really, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. That I don't know the exact stats off, off the top of my head, but it's not very good. Uh, and Rivers is not a guy, as we know, who's not very mobile at this time, was, uh, or never really was, but he definitely is not mobile at this point in his career. It just seems like a, a deal that I hope it goes well. I'd love to see uh, Rivers do well, but uh, this one might blow up in their face. Well, um, it's funny you mentioned that because I had to write an article for uh, sportsbuddyandimes.com about after the, the Buckner signing. And I, wrote, <laughs> and I wrote the piece saying that the Colts, even though, oddly enough, the Texans are still favored to win the division. And um, the Colts had just gotten Buckner and their odds improved. And then the next day they got Philip Rivers, so I'm sure they improved then. I don't know if they surpassed Houston. But, I mean, spoiler alert here, but I still think that the team to beat in that division is Tennessee, to be honest. Because Houston stripped its best, one of its best players. Um, the continuity with Indian, like you said, is Philip Rivers that much of an upgrade? I mean, they still have to build so many skill positions to complement T.Y. Hilton, even though they have a great offensive line. Um, their defense was sagging. That's why the Buckley move was there. But I just feel like continuity-wise, uh, a team like Tennessee, has they know who they are. They have the best running back in the NFL, definitely in the division. And if Brian Tannehill doesn't turn out to be a pumpkin after one year, they're probably able to hit the ground running as a team that's most kind of cohesive at the time. That could be a good take, or it could be one of those takes where you look back next year and you're like, man, that's, I should have seen this one coming. Ryan Tannehill, of course. Of course I shouldn't have believed in him in two years. Because I was saying throughout the playoffs, yeah. uh, when Tennessee went all the way to the AFC title game, I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure they're uh, they're going to be guaranteed. Because they were only a 9-17 in the last couple of years. It wasn't like they were a 13-3 team. I was saying then mm-hmm. anyway, oh, it's going to be cl- a classic, probably back to 9-7, and and they don't even make the playoffs, but... Yeah, that's a, oh AFC God. South is always a tough one to call. Well, remind me when that happens because when it does happen, they finish seven and nine and have the playoffs. I will be uh, pouring lighter fluid on my computer and lighting it on fire <laughs> as I stand behind Ryan Tannehill, who signed for another for a big one. I think it was four years, one hundred eighteen mil with 
Blue Tennessee. So um, there's a lot of flux in that division. So at this point, is it really that much of a stretch to say Jacksonville is out of it now too? I mean, there's a lot of teams starting from scratch, but of all those teams, I think cohesion-wise, Tennessee is the one that's probably the team to beat, in my opinion. What are some of your all-time recent, anyway, Denver Bronco uh, free agents that were busts? Because I have a couple of sweet <sighs> Seattle ones that were so bad in the John Car- uh, Pete Carroll, John Schneider era. I want to know, uh, I saw Chris Harris, oh. uh, your, your uh, all-pro, he's an all-pro, oh. I think, right? Corner went to the Chargers. Yeah, let so. Chris Harris go. So I will say this, we kind of put it in the John Elway era. So the, the first kudos he has to get is that he made three great moves um, to, to that defense in 2015. He got T.J. Ward at safety, DeMarcus Ware, and Aqib Tlaib. Solidified it, turned into the one of the best defenses in football. Um, and he got Peyton Manning. Since yeah, then, good one, yeah. just an, <laughs> it's just been an absolute, just a dumpster fire. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're... I don't know if they traded for him or they signed him, but Joe Flacco has been a total disaster. Um, their offensive line with Russ, Russell Okun, Donald Stevenson, uh, that was after the Super Bowl. Then they picked up Menelik Watson uh, last year. They signed Ron Leary this year, um, this year prior. It's just been a mess on the offensive line. It's just a disaster. So those are those are the gems. If we're looking at like great gems of, of failures, I'd like to go back to like 2007 when they signed a running back, Travis Henry. Right. Uh, he... <laughs> 11 kids, 10 women, oh, uh, plus also issues with... Uh, why are so many... Uh, <laughs> why do marijuana? Kids he was out of, It was all good to start. He led the league in rushing for the first four games, but then he got injured and he also got suspended for marijuana use and just, just a flame-out of flame-outs. I mean, I don't know how you... It's hard enough to just play football, but you throw in the marijuana, you throw in the child support cases. I mean, oh my God, it's just dizzying. So I remember there was a story at one point where he needed an advance on his salary to settle all the child support cases that were going on and uh, that he had to pay out. So just a, just a bad pay, just a bad situation all around. Yeah. What about you? What do you got? Well, I was going to say, speaking of uh, bad free agent uh, running backs, I, this is just strictly for the Pete Carroll, John Schneider era, which has been the last nine, sure. nine or 10 years, I guess. But, uh, Eddie Lacy, the one-year deal with Seattle. Oh no, Eddie Lacy, beautiful. Yeah, I think he, his uh, yards per carry was two point six, I believe. Uh, they had a stipulation <laughs> in his contract that he couldn't go over a certain weight because it was known that he oftentimes went over that. Uh, he was yeah. a wretched. As a, the couple of years after Marshawn Lynch uh, retired and left Seattle, or and then eventually yeah. went to the Raiders, their running game was just atrocious. I think was it two years ago. I think it was two years ago. Russell Wilson accounted for all of their touchdowns except for one. Only one running back had a had a touchdown. I think his name was was it Troy Main Popper. It wasn't Trent. Uh, it wasn't uh, Thomas Rawls. It was uh, oh you know it was J D McKissick. That's what it was. J D McKissick. Oh my god. Yeah, exactly. So that's what you call. Uh, that's what I think the right word for the running game after Lynch left was cratered. Is that probably the best one? <laughs> yeah, it's a great great <laughs> word. Uh, and then another good one. Uh, former second overall pick by the Jaguars, uh, Luke Jokel was supposed to be a stud. Uh, Offensive lineman, and the Seattle signed him for wow. one year, eight million, and he was a flame out there, yeah. Uh, yeah, as he was in Jacksonville. Give, I got to give him credit though, because they do that; they have done that before, and and teams don't do this enough. Is that they don't take flyers on these guys who have like flamed out as high draft picks, and then sign up for smaller contracts and see if they if they work out. I mean, the Joker one obviously didn't work out, but and I think they also tried to bring back. Um, did they try to work out? Jamarcus Russell at one point too. No, I think that was Washington. I, I always, I always oh, wanted so them to because okay. I was like, exactly. I actually, I agree that I'm, I'm all for signing a guy for one year deal. Who cares if he's terrible? It's one year. That's not a big deal. Yeah. Like you know, you know, 
who cares if Jokel was, was terrible, which he wasn't very good. Doesn't matter. It's only one year. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the, yeah. the guy they signed just before Russell Wilson became a, a known commodity was Matt Flynn. Uh, that didn't yeah. uh, work out uh, super well. That guy got paid a bunch of money for one great Week 17 game against the Lions. That was good for him for that yeah. one. Yep. And then uh, the last two are one isn't as easily remembered, but they signed Kerry uh, Williams to a contract from the Eagles, I think it was, and he was cut by like week seven of the of the first year he was on the, on the team, and uh, oh my God. and they, they didn't save any money by cutting him. It was like a three year deal, and they're just like, no, no, we mm-hmm. we just want you gone from the team. And the, the last one you're gonna remember this name. It's a good one. Sort of the same situation, a high draft pick, and you you maybe hope to hit something with him. Robert Gallery, remember that guy? Robert Gallery, he had the big hair, man. I remember him. He was on the Raiders for a while, no? Yep, he was a high pick by the Raiders, and it was he was decent in Oakland. It wasn't too bad, but never yeah. quite the left tackle they they always thought he would be. Ah, that's not a bad one. But hey, before we go, let me just read this to you, okay? Because uh, we call this the uh, John Elway quarterback graveyard. Oh, no. Uh, oh, Brock Osweiler, Zach Dyser, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, Chad Kelly, Mark Sanchez, Case Keenum, and Joe Flacco. That Sanchez. I mean, it's not in that order. But that those guys would not be able to start in the XFL, man. You know what, though? I think What's that? John always finally found his quarterback. It's going to be for another 15 years. No problem. This is going to be the free agent diamond <laughs> signing of all time. Like I said off the top, Jeff Driscoll is going to lead you to multiple <laughs> Super Bowls. That's the way to wrap it up, man. Is there another way? <laughs> Bang. Perfect. Uh, thank you, uh, Eric, for uh, being honest. This is uh, awesome. We literally could have talked for another two hours about this. Uh, so many other names oh, to go sure, through, man. you know, where, where Clowney would go, or uh, you could have talked about Amari Cooper's huge deal with the Cowboys. And, but uh, um, we, yeah. should, we should probably do this once, um, once, because this is fun, like the, the first crazy season, but then it gets into like the intricate stuff where people are like tactically making, you know, cuts and signings off these guys who are vets that can really round out the roster. I'm such a nerd. I love those parts because it's like we could totally do a segment on that. So let me know or just let me know when the next time, you know, a flood buries half of the world and you're like, hey, uh, you ready for a pod? I'll be here, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're my go-to guy. Lefty specialist whenever uh, there's turmoil around the world. Yeah. yeah. You're my guy. I rely we're on. submerged. When we're submerged and we're in an, an uh, underground water kingdom and you need me, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be there, man. <laughs> All right. Thank you for being on the pod and we'll chat uh, to you again soon. Much appreciated. Stay safe, everybody. Bang. 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 This has been the H-Dog Pod with host Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. <laughs>